Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. A few years ago I was bow hunting in a large national forest in northern Wisconsin. It was early November and all the leaves were off the trees. I ended up staying in my tree stand way too late and didn't start walking out until it was almost completely dark. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Park. The walkout from where I was consisted of about three quarters of a mile walking through dense jack pines and mixed hardwoods before hitting a logging trail that would take me to my car about a mile down the trail. I had been walking for about 10 minutes when I started getting the sensation that I was being followed. I eventually hit the logging road after a few hundred yards I heard something walking in the woods a little ways behind me. As I kept walking it became obvious that I was being followed. Every time I slowed my pace or stopped walking I could hear whatever it was come to a stop as well. I'd seen predators in the area before but every time I'd seen bears or wolves they were afraid and didn't want anything to do with a human. Whatever it was continued to follow me almost the entire way out to my car. As soon as I got in remote range, I hit the panic button on my key remote and set off my car's alarm. 
I kept it going until I got all the way back to my car. Never did figure out what was following me but it was by far the spookiest feeling I have ever experienced. First off this is what happened last night that really freaked me out, I have a back door in my room that leads outside to my backyard. The whole reason I was even wondering about Wendigos is because I live in Native American territory, Blackfoot to be exact. My house is also kind of located more rurally, I'm very very close to the woods slash mountain range. Anyways last night around 1am I had opened my back door for some fresh air since it was a bit stuffy in my room. I stepped out for a second to smoke a cig real quick and then probably about 50 feet away I heard something that I can really only describe as sounding like an Aztec death whistle, followed by two thumps on the ground. Yeah that freaked me out so I ran back inside real quick lol. My cat who was laying on my bed looked absolutely terrified as well. Her eyes were huge and she was just staring outside. I turned on the lights and went to look and there was nothing there. Note, Therese no houses behind mine, it's just the woods slash mountains. Not the first time something like this has happened either. From when I moved here I've heard tapping a lot of my windows and doors, even once sounded like someone completely body slammed my back door in the middle of the night. In addition to that I'll occasionally hear whistling, but pretty faint whistling, at night. I always get kind of bad feelings over my backyard at night, I get oddly paranoid for seemingly no reason. Seems like this sort of thing is getting more common for me too, I'll hear this sort of thing a lot more often, and my little dog literally refuses to go outside at night to go to the bathroom. What does this sound like? I'm not really an expert but I've learned more ABT Wendigos and it sounds a bit interesting. This happened last year when I was out behind my house. I live near Charlestown, West Virginia. And I have about 20 acres that's mostly wooded. We hunt on my property and when I say we, I mean my two brothers and my dad. Also sometimes my cousins come join us too. I mostly archery hunt and this happened late fall of 2021 during archery. Now this day I was out by myself. It was sometime in early November. Now let me preface this by saying that I love listening to Joe Rogan's podcast. I'm always listening to it when I work and the reason I say that is because I remember this one episode, where Joe was talking with someone about centipedes. And how he was so freaked out by them. They were talking about a centipede killing a mouse and how crazy it was. This was a while ago, maybe two or three years ago when I heard that episode. So my encounter happens when I'm in my tree stand. I've been there since early morning and there wasn't that much activity. Then I heard something small coming through the woods. It was a rabbit that just wandered below me. And he was eating some grass he didn't even notice me from above. Then about a minute later I heard something else coming through the woods. This time though it sounded bigger. I was thinking that maybe it's a deer or bobcat or even a bear. It was making quite a bit of noise. Now the leaves were mostly on their ground at this point in November. But not completely off the trees. I could hear the leaves rustling and then this thing comes into my view, that looks like a ginormous centipede. I kid you not. This thing had to be at least 3 feet in length. I've never seen anything like it before in my life. It's running probably about 15 miles per hour. Which doesn't sound like much but, but that's really fast for something that size moving through the woods. It came barreling around this tree and stopped then it lifted up the front part of its body. As to sense its surroundings. It could sense that rabbit that I saw. At this point the rabbit knew something was there. Because he could hear it. He was looking all alert, but he couldn't see this thing from where he was standing. This centipede looking thing darted for the rabbit and grabbed it and ran off. It like grabbed it with the front part of its body while it was running on the back part of its body. The strangest thing that I've ever seen. I don't understand what it was. How it got there or if it's an invasive species. All I know is that I don't ever want to see that thing again. If it would bite you or sting you, I don't know whatever those things do I'm sure it would cause some serious pain. Lord knows I can't run that fast.
It was like something out of an alien movie. It was scary as hell. Anyways, take care and thanks for reading my story. Once was I was out hunting in my usual place I came across a little rise with some medium-sized boulders. There was a nice-sized well-used game trail below me so I sat on my backpack and leaned against a boulder and played the waiting game. All of a sudden everything just became quiet. I could see gusts of wind blowing the treetops hard but couldn't hear the wind. No sound at all. I then got this terrible feeling like I was being watched like something bad was going to happen. I sat there for a few minutes and couldn't shake the feeling. After a few minutes, maybe 15 to 20 minutes, I knew I needed to walk out. I stood up and it just seemed I forgot where I was, which direction I came from, everything. I was always decent at land nav so this wasn't like me. I felt like I need to run at full sprint but I controlled myself and walked a little bit then sat down and everything about which direction I came from, all the landmarks, came flooding back in what seemed like a second. I got back to my truck and just sat in it for a good 10 minutes thinking about what happened. It took place just as dusk was about to set over the land. Heading east on Township Road 452, which comes at the crossroads between Range Road 164, 56th Ave, and of course 64th Street. But the thought of spending time with the family and enjoying a wonderful turkey dinner was all about to change for her. While she drove alone and with the constant sight of an empty road that went on for what felt like forever, a thick fog begins to come from the fields and move about as if alive. Just as the fog engulfed the road and her car the engine suddenly died and with what little momentum was left she managed to pull off to the side of the road and turned on her hazard lights. After allowing a few moments to pass and all the while she became overcome with a feeling of dread. The mere thought of being lost within a sea of fog on the side of the road wasn't what she was expecting. Just then from out in the distance she thought she saw the faint outline of someone walking alone. Without giving, it a second thought she reached for her cell phone only to find out that the battery was dead. Though, she always made it a habit of charging it before she left. Perhaps it was a farmer? Or is someone out for a stroll? So, rather than spending who knows how long waiting for care to come down the road, Stacy stepped out of her car and called out in a timid voice to the stranger walking about in the wild. After a few moments of being ignored, she raised her voice again and this time it did the charm. The stranger stopped in its tracks and stood in utter silence. A cold chill filled the air as she took a few steps toward the unknown soul. She continued to call out to the stranger telling them that her car had just died and that she was thankful to find another soul out there. The response she received was that of total silence as then suddenly, she heard the strange low sounds of what could only be described as clicking. Clicking like that of perhaps a bird or some kind and just then the stranger responded to her in a distorted voice imitating her voice, repeating every word she had said. Stacy said that it was as if whatever it was, was attempting in some way of communicating with her. The flashing of her hazard lights revealed that whoever or whatever it was, was slowly making its way toward her. Suddenly, she laid eyes upon the faceless and twisted body of the form that the Daisland Devil had taken. One doesn't know for sure if this was its actual form or perhaps just one that it was changing into. Frozen in utter fear she watched as it walked in such a way as if its bones were completely dislocated. From out of nowhere the sound of a pickup truck sped past her car and cut through the fog revealing that the Daisland Devil was gone. Did it see its chance of hiding from Stacy? Just like that the fog slowly faded away and almost from out of nowhere she found herself standing on the side of the road. Unsure of what had just happened. The thought had entered her mind that she had dreamt the whole thing up. Of course, this was impossible as she wasn't even tired and hadn't been on any medication or substances that would have impaired her driving and her mind. Without giving, it a second thought she got back into her car and locked the doors. She turned the key one last time and suddenly the engine turned over. Turning off her hazard lights, 
She sped away until she reached the safety of her parents' home. Was it a trick of the mind? One thing is for sure, whatever was out there with her, managed to repeat everything she had said in such a manner, and then vanish. Isn't from this realm of the living. I saw the rake or something that I call the rake. I can't tell you what it was. I was driving late at night in the Rocky Mountains in Colorado. I live 30 miles south of Alamosa, Colorado. I was driving on a back road with my buddy taking him home near my house. It was about 12 AM. Out of nowhere this thing appeared in the headlights in the middle of the road. It was crouching over some roadkill. It was humanoid. It was pale. It looked like it had no ears. It looked like a Wendigo from until dawn looked like it was 7 feet tall. Abnormally long arms. No ears. No nose and some nasty teeth. It wasn't skinny but its skin was tight with ribs visible. And like long claws on the end of its hands. I was barely able to dodge it with my truck as I was driving considerably fast. As I swerved around it. It seemed like time slowed down. And it looked up from the roadkill it was eating and stared at me as I passed. Its eyes were yellow. I immediately break. And yell at my friend, what the f did you see that? His eyes were wide with fear and he nods at me. I throw the truck in reverse but when I approach the roadkill it was gone. And he claims to have seen it too. So I know I'm not crazy. When I was a kid I read a lot of stories about the rake. I know the rake isn't real so maybe they invented a creature that already existed? Maybe it's a cave creature like in the descent? If you have any questions please ask. I've been doing a lot of research, I want to find out what this is. I've been obsessed with him. I need answers. I won't stop looking for him. There was an incident that I recall in Huntingdon County. Pennsylvania in 1972 when I was a young teen. My father's family owned a remote cottage that they used for hunting. It was in a heavily wooded area about 50 miles home in the town of Huntingdon. The men on my father's side of the family were all deer hunters. My mother, grandmother, sister, and I would drive to the cottage the day before Thanksgiving while picking up groceries for the holiday. The men would come in later after they got off work. We would arrive and unpack the car, get settled, and start to set up for the holiday. My grandfather would bring boxes of apples he got from a few trees in his yard at home. My sister and I would help him cut the apples in halves and throw them out in the front yard of the cottage in order to attract deer after dark. My sister and I would take turns watching from the window to see if any bucks would come in to feed on the apples. That evening the adults were playing a game of cards. It was my turn to take the flashlight and watch the yard for deer in the front yard. I turned it on and I didn't see any deer. I shined the light on the ground around the tree and noticed that all the apples were gone. I didn't see anything. Leaned into the window and I shined the flashlight over into the tree line as far as I could. Then something caught my eye. As I panned the light I moved back to the spot I had passed just a second before. I stopped and looked. Something seemed different to me. It looked like I was seeing a man standing in the tree line facing me. I could see a body and I could see a face mixed in with small tree trunks and brush. I was too young, I suppose, to be alarmed. The adults were talking loudly and I really didn't want to bother them. I finally, without emotion, said, Hey, there's a man down in the yard by the trees. Immediately all the adult banner stopped. My father, my uncle, and my grandfather all jumped up from the table and grabbed their rifles. I was a bit startled by them moving so quickly and all grabbing their guns. My dad rushed to the window beside me to look out. My mother and grandmother hovered around the window trying to see out. My uncle opened the front door and ran onto the front porch. My grandfather took his rifle and ran to the basement where a door led out into the front yard area. My mother grabbed the flashlight and shined it all over the yard. My father asked me, again and again, what did I see was I sure that I saw a man. I saw him standing right there in the tree line. 
We had neighbors in the area but they were a quarter mile away. No person with any common sense would have been roaming through the woods at night with the hunting season started. It's a good recipe for getting shot. Nothing was there as the light shined all over the yard. My grandfather went out into the yard from the basement and looked all around but he didn't see or hear anything. He finally came back in. They decided that I just saw some tree trunks in the light of the flashlight and they resembled a person. But I know what I saw. I had never heard any weird sounds or any of my family talking about a strange incident in those woods. But as time has passed, I have heard of numerous Bigfoot sightings in that same area. I truly believe that a Bigfoot came into the yard and grabbed the apples that we had put out for the deer. It may have even scared the deer since we never saw any in the yard that night. On another note, none of the men harvested a deer at the cabin that year. That had never happened before or since. On a cold spring morning, there was still snow on the side of the road and an odd patch of ice. A cold breeze from the north move across the rural landscape. Everything about this night is a constant reminder of what will come down the road. Andy was just getting ready for his shift at the local gas station on 49th Street. Just as he was about to pour his morning coffee, the sound of a blood-curdling scream could be heard from just outside. His heart stopped for a moment and while he attempted to shrug it off as just dogs fighting, or perhaps it was just his imagination. The sound again could be heard just then. He could hear a faint gunshot. Suddenly, like a bolt of lightning, Andy ran over to the living room window and looked outside. Though from all he heard, he could see nothing but the faint glow of the streetlights. There was something within Andy that made him want to go out and see just what it was. Others had to have heard the commotion as well. But just as Andy unlocked the door and slowly peered his head outside, I could hear all that was silence and nothing more. Just then, the sound of someone calling out for help filled the dark sky and soon this was followed by the sound of another gunshot. After just a few seconds, I heard a scream from something outside the realm of normal. It filled the air with a sort of electricity, and he knew that this wasn't some drunks blowing off steam in the middle of nowhere. But after a minute of waiting for something, anything, to happen, he walked back inside and went about his business. He left with what he had just heard being nothing more than a buried thought. He's been through this routine for what felt like an eternity. Everything he was doing was nothing more than his body being put into cruise control. Just as he was backing out of his driveway, he saw what appeared to be a bundled up figure holding a rifle in one hand and the arm of something in the other. This was all happening within 20 yards away. For an instant, he stopped, not knowing just what he had seen, and as he continued to watch the figure drag what appeared to be a wounded animal. Something about this didn't seem right and so as he continued to make his way onto the street. He attempted to both watch what would happen next and to keep an eye out on traffic. All the while, he watched on with intent and wasn't sure who he should call about this. It was close enough to see it from the street. The cops, perhaps? But he figured it would just get written off as some kind of prank. Then he saw something that would forever make him believe in the legends of the Daisland Devil. After a few moments of watching what had just unfolded before his eyes, the strange creature released a thin mist of steam coming off its body. Just then, it awoke and lunged out at the old hunter, causing him to stumble back. And he put the car into park and stepped out of the car. He quickly crossed the street and stood there on the sidelines, watching this hellish beast get back on its feet. It let out a loud cry and quickly expanded its body until it towered over the scared hunter. Then something within Andy caused him to call out to the beast. As if he could try in some strange attempt to save the life of the hunter. But all it did was put Andy in its sights. Before he could even put together a string of words, they could hear a faint scream. It resembled what he heard prior. It paused for a moment and then leapt 20 feet in the air away from that the hunter away from that of Andy. All that was left was flattened snow and two people. One was openly hunting it and knew what it was, and the other was a new believer. Before Andy snapped out of the shock that he realized, he was all alone. 
left in a haze of confusion and the attempt to tell a story. Of course, if there were any reports of this to the police, it has all been buried. Everyone in a position of power within the town council has silenced this from ever reaching the masses. Why? Because they don't want to be hounded by people who want to know the truth. People within the cryptid community all wished to bring out the existence of these beings, hoping to understand just what is capable in our world. I had my encounter last summer while on break at work during a slow part of the night. I live and work in Mitchell County in Western North Carolina. This is a county that you have written about since you have family here and you are aware of the varied wildlife. I would take the short drive to a park near my workplace that has a lot of wildlife. I like to watch the occasional raccoon or fox breaking the wood line. The park backs up to a rather large creek. The area is devoid of artificial light as the darkness of the woods does not spook me or make me jumpy. I was raised in the mountains and I enjoy the solitude. On this night, there were no normal night sounds, such as crickets or frogs. I also found it strange that all the wildlife seemed to be gone from the area. This bothered me a bit. I decided to leave some dog food at the edge of the wood line hoping to entice a particular family of raccoons out so I could at least see that they were okay. I didn't see a gray fox that would hang around the area. This fox would come within a few feet from me, meander around, and then retreat back into the woods. After walking near the woods with the food I heard a deep growl come from inside the edge of the wood line. I had never heard an animal growl with such intensity and so deeply. I could literally feel the vibration of the growl hitting my face and inside of my chest. I knew that it wasn't a bear, whose sounds I was familiar with. I dumped the food on the ground with one hard drop hoping that whatever was in the wood line would take off. I backed away with my head down until I reached my truck. My instinct told me to drive away, so I did. I decided to go back about an hour later. I was now curious as to what this creature was. I parked in the same place and this time walked to the back of my truck to grab a smoke. While standing there I observed a dark mass come across the road and disappear into an overgrown open field with wild blackberry bushes and grass. I do have a sharp eye and I was able to discern some detail. I can only describe this creature as some kind of hybrid canine. It was on all fours but it did not appear natural. It moved very quickly with fluent motions. The gait was weird as well like the front legs were pulling its body forward. It almost had a human-like movement to it, as if it could stand on two legs if needed. The long back was hunched. The snout was long but it fit its body. What struck me most were its ears, which were large and folded back. The legs also had muscle mass to them. My background working with dogs told me that this was something very unusual. I just know that it was there one minute and gone the next. When daylight came I drove back to the location. I looked for tracks but listened to my gut and did not enter. For several months I didn't tell anyone about it. I started searching the internet for what I had seen. I wondered if it was some type of hybrid that had escaped. I found several online sites but none seemed to come close to what I had seen. Then I came across the picture of a dog man. If you take what I saw and stand it upright instead of being on all fours that's what I saw without a doubt. It wasn't overly massive, possibly a juvenile. I later spoke with a few of my co-workers. Of course, they told me it was a bear or a large domestic dog. But a few of them did acknowledge that the wildlife in the area had been disappearing for a while. I don't speak about it much because of ridicule. But I do know what I saw, heard, and how my instincts reacted to it. I don't know if I'll ever be able to truly get over the experience I had. But I may as well share it to try to get some relief. Earlier this year, Honestly towards the beginning I saw some unexplainable stuff. More specifically an unexplainable entity. I say entity because truthfully I don't know if there's any other way to describe what it was. It was so out there. But I'll start at the beginning. 
During the winter months my family and I stay up at a lodge in Nebraska with my grandparents. It's kind of peaceful there most years. And I was having a nice time during the first few days. It was a week where there wasn't a ridiculous amount of snow. The weather was kind of letting up. A generally positive atmosphere. Then one night, out of absolutely nowhere, I experienced one of the most terrifying moments of my life. My room in the lodge is at the top, in the attic. See I've always loved having that room because there's this massive bay window that opens up. And when you climb out of it you can actually sit on the roof and look at the stars. I did this all the time, so being on the roof was never intimidating for me or anything like that. So on this night I'm doing my normal nightly routine of getting ready for bed. Everything is fine at first until I hear this crazy loud buzzing. Buzzing as in bugs. But during the winter there at least there are hardly ever any bugs around. It's too cold. I'm sitting there then one wondering where this sound could possibly be coming from. It's so intense that it sounds like it could be a swarm of some kind. I'm not someone who is particularly afraid of bugs but with buzzing like that anyone would be a bit creeped out. The rough bit was when I realized that the intensity of the buzzing was not a swarm. It was not coming from a large group of bugs but rather one large bug monster thing. Our cabin is in a complex of similar ones all set up in a row. Each is built in a similar style, and so each has a roof. I heard a loud slam sound on the roof next to mine. Slowly I turned and I'm still coming to terms with what I saw. Standing there on the roof next to mine was the source of this buzzing. It stood probably about 5 feet tall. The height of a middle schooler. But that didn't make it seem less intimidating. It looked human-esque in shape. Its limbs but those limbs were covered in what looked like feathers or fur, some kind of black material that was certainly not skin. It kept looking at me the whole time, making this noise examining me. I was freaked. I wanted to scream but I also was a bit frozen trying to process what it was that I was looking at. It had a face that was indescribable. Almost as though it had no face at all, but what it did have were eyes. I see its eyes now, every time I'm scared every time I have a nightmare. They were red and they were massive. They were also reflective. You could tell since the moon was kind of bouncing off them. I wasn't quite sure what to do or how to react. So instead, I simply kept watching in hopes that it would eventually get bored and go away. But it didn't. I don't know how long we sat out there but I can tell you that I nearly froze to death on how cold it was getting. I didn't want to move though. I couldn't. So for at least 10 minutes we had this staring match, then like a miracle it finally decided it was done looking at me. I had seen its wings laying against its body. Nearly touching its feet with their length the whole time. I had wondered what they would look like outstretched or in flight. As scary as it was. I found that out when its wings became outstretched, the wingspan was something absolutely sickening. Certainly more than the length of the creature's body. It was odd though, because unlike the rest of its features the wings on it didn't look like traditional insect-like wings. Instead they were like some impressive leathery material. Certainly looking strong and not easily breakable. I wondered what the hell it was doing there and where it came from. But truthfully I hope I never know. I watched it take flight still making that sickening noise that makes me jump anytime there's a butterfly around me. It flapped around in a circle a few times. And I didn't know if it was trying to tell me something or if it was simply trying to show off. When it was out of my field of vision, only then I started climbing back inside. My hands and feet felt like they were totally numb. For the rest of the night, I just stood there inside at the bay window looking out. Simultaneously trying to catch another glimpse and hoping, I never saw it again. All at once I was disgusted, elated, curious and confused. I never did end up seeing it again. I've also never sat up there again on the roof. I'm afraid that if I do I'll call it back somehow. I'm 50 years old and I grew up in a small suburban town called Deer Park, Texas. It is located on the southeast side of Houston. This incident occurred on a summer night in 1985. 
I was 13 years old at the time. I took a road trip with the Boy Scouts to Enchanted Rock State Park in Central Texas to camp out for the weekend. On the first day, we were there, and after setting up camp, we took a hike off of a 300-foot cliff face made of solid granite. We hiked through natural caverns near the end of the day. While walking back to camp we noticed a couple of nature trails just off the main park road that we could hike. But the scoutmaster told us that we weren't going to have time to explore those trails on this trip. On the second night, four of us decided to sneak out and explore those trails after the scoutmaster went to sleep. Around 2 a.m. we rallied on the road outside of camp. We began walking toward the trails, following the main park road which stretched around the outskirts of the park to the nature trails. We had a couple of flashlights between us. The road we were on was about 14 feet wide and made of asphalt. It was a full moon that night so we could see fairly well once we got away from the camp lights and our eyes adjusted to the darkness. We were walking shoulder to shoulder down this road, talking and joking around as young boys do. About 15 minutes or so after we left camp and before we could reach the trails we were suddenly startled by rustling and movement from the brush on top of the hill to our left. We saw three deer crash in the bushes and run down the hill and scurry frantically across the road about 40 feet in front of us from left to right. We heard louder popping and cracking noises and crashing sounds on top of that same hill to the left. We all froze in place. A sense of dread came over me. At that moment a dark figure broke through the brush line sprinted down the hill and appeared to be chasing the deer across the road in front of us. In one long stride, it crossed the road. It was running on two feet but after crossing the road it crouched down on all fours and seemed to gain more speed. When it did it disappeared into the brush. It had to be at least nine feet tall. In this upper torso area, I estimate to be four to five feet across the shoulders. It also had a very short neck that appeared to be sunken into its shoulders and massive muscles could be seen through the thin dark body hair which was shimmering in the direct moonlight. Its muscular build and definition were impressive, to say the least, and would make any bodybuilder jealous. The head was massive and conical at the top. If I were to guess I would say it had to weigh about 800 pounds or more. A few seconds later it passed in front of us. We all noticed an ungodly pungent odor, a combination of feces, urine, and garbage like I smelled at the dump in the past. We all panicked and sprinted full speed back toward camp constantly checking over our shoulders to see if maybe it had decided to follow us. We all stopped short of camp to gain our composure and catch our breath. We needed to discuss what we had just witnessed. We all agreed not to tell anybody for fear of getting in trouble for sneaking out or that nobody would believe us, accusing us of making up the story. We broke camp at 8 AM that next morning and headed home. We never talked about it again and we lost touch with each other shortly after the incident. I've only told only a couple people about this incident over the years for fear of being ridiculed. I grew up in a town called Lima, Ohio and this is my story. For many years the old timers coming in from the middle rural area south of Lima would talk about three sightings of the Ohio Grassman. One of them I'd spoken to as a teenager even claimed to have trapped one in his barn to prove that he wasn't crazy. He awoke to find the barn door and splinters in the field surrounding it. These are the stories that first got me interested in cryptids from our area. But this isn't about the Grassman. Neither is it about the strange lights and stories that were featured in a film about my high school, Shawnee, in an Amazon Prime movie. There is a place southwest of Lima, a bridge actually that the locals refer to as the Coven Bridge. Far out there in the farm area and not a lot of residences. Not many of the kids in the area knew about it because it was far out in the country. The legend was that this bridge was a meeting place for a group of people who practiced black magic and the sort. It was also said that they believed in lycanthropy and were there to summon that power. On that, at this place, a group of about eight of us hopped into a can on a Friday night looking for a thrill. Not much to do in a small town. 
To shorten the story I'll tell you that shortly after arriving at this dank, black water in the middle of nowhere my friend and I decided that we could venture down to the underside of this very old, metal frame bridge. It was a full moon and I know this sounds like a horror movie setup, but the moonlight reflecting off of the still water was the only way we noticed what we discovered under there. The old bridge was supported along the shallow banks by flat river rock and from the moonlight, it appeared that some dark, oozing fluid was running down the sides of this wall. When my friend lit his zippo we realized that it was not blood but candle wax. Some person has gone through the trouble of drilling out the rock in over a dozen places to insert brass sleeves and to place stick candles. The place had been used for quite some time, based on the amount of wax, for some ritualistic purposes, based on the drawings of animals and symbols. A few months later, in the summer, I took my mother there, as she was interested to see these types of things. Fast forward a short time later into the summer slash fall, my mom was arriving home from work after dark. Where we lived in our quiet neighborhood, our backyard ended at a farmer's field for 50 acres or so then woods. We lived in a pretty rural area ourselves. She drives her car up to the house and as she parks, her headlights are shining on the closed garage door. She stated that she thought my dad was outside standing in front of the garage door until whatever it was stood up straight and was about 7 feet tall, hunched with long arms, about like a dog. It looked directly at the car with the headlights shining on it then quickly hopped over the hood of her Buick and ran across the field to the woods. She was very shaken by this ordeal. When she finally came into the house and was, as expected, visibly upset and crying. It took a while for my dad to calm her down. For decades after the incident and even until she passed this year she refused to talk about it. She said it upset her too much and she wanted to forget it. Hi, so I want to share a story of something that happened to me when I was young. I am still not entirely sure that it was paranormal nor can I explain what it was, but here it is. When I was young I used to go to my grandma's house for the summer, it's a two-story house. This happened a few times. Me and my grandma were in the same room, my grandma would be asleep and late at night I would be up watching TV when I would hear something that sounded like a heavy ball almost like a bowling ball falling onto the floor upstairs bouncing a few times and then rolling. Mind you it was just me and my grandma at the house. Now thinking back at it we do have golf balls in a glass cabinet upstairs however this doesn't fit the sounds that I heard because of the following reasons. 1. Every time it happened I would go upstairs the next morning and nothing was out of place, the balls were all in the glass cabinet. 2. The sound is coming directly from the room above me, the golf balls were in another room right of the room above me. 3. The ball sounded way heavier like I said like a heavy bowling ball. I have no idea what this was or how to explain it, I would like to hear your opinion whether it is trying to debunk it or not, cause honestly I think critically, and if there is an explanation to debunk it I would be glad to hear it. And if you guys had similar experiences or you know what it is I would be glad to hear it as well. I believe I've encountered the black-eyed children. 2011 in rural, Appalachian, West Virginia, USA. I can find approximate coordinates if anyone is interested. This has always low-key disturbed me. Keeping in touch to this day we've never brought it up again. We were at a local slash state park sort of place at between 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. I remember we were parked alongside the woods and some picnic tables. It was pretty desolate we were technically trespassing, 17F and 17M at the time, and what we were doing there you can leave to your imagination. As our curfews were approaching and we were finishing up our time together we experienced a very ominous feeling. He was in the driver's seat preparing to start the car and pull off. The car doesn't start, we also have a history of experiencing electrical disturbances when together, we sort of laughed it off as it wasn't the first time and talked. Suddenly to the right, passenger side where I was sitting, we see faint lights coming out of the woods. The ominous feeling intensified. 
Emerging from the woods there are four to five children. Younger than us like appearing to be seven minus eleven years old. I'm not going to claim they had black eyes it was dark, and I don't remember as I was pretty shook. I didn't read about the black-eyed children lore slash phenomenon until years later which described everything else that we experienced. All I can say is they were not normal. They didn't belong. The cabins at the park were not occupied they weren't even getting rented out as it was autumn slash winter. We we miles from the park's hotel. There were no adults. They were absolutely out of place. What were the lights? I don't know. But the closest thing I can compare them to are glow sticks, as if they had opened a package of those novelty glow stick packages that include bracelets, necklaces, or wands. But it wasn't like they were having fun or goofing off. They just stopped, stood there, and stared at us. He tried asking what they were doing here, if they were lost, where are their parents? No response. The oldest looking M child, a bit heavy set with a gray hoodie on approached the vehicle just in the front where the passenger headlight slash corner would be. My friend started really freaking out at this moment. He locked the doors and was like hell no. We gotta go. Eventually the car starts. The children don't move and the kid stays put in front of the car. My friend eventually yells to the kid I'm going run you over. The boy slowly backs away, raises his arm, and points at us as we were leaving. I didn't look back. When I was a kid my family was doing renovation on our house so we rented a house down the road. My dad peaced out and my mother used to work a 7 semicolon 7 rotation with 12 hour shifts from like 6 pm to 6 am. Meanwhile it was a brick house and a lot of weird stuff would happen there. Door handles would shake or the door would burst open by itself. The sliding closet doors would open and close by themselves. Even my mother admitted to laying in her room and hearing it happen a few times, yet decided to accuse me of doing it despite there being no way I could sneak into her room, quickly open and close the door, then quickly run out without her seeing me. Even with the lights off in my room the light would leak in from under the door, the kitchen light was often left on, and I could see these shadowy things crawling in the dark. The worst one was the time I woke up because I could feel air slightly flicking in my face to see a large shadowy hand wriggling in my face. Once it realized I was awake it tried to touch my face before I jumped out of bed. My cousin slept over in the room with me once and I woke up with her in my bed and the lights on, because she said something was trying to grab her in her sleep. We both saw a gremlin thing crouching by the closet door one night so we started sleeping in the living room. While sleeping in the living room the door handle to my room would shake, one night we told it to go f hash ck itself so it was like someone was punching the door from the inside. Sometimes stuff would happen like I would be watching TV then go to the toilet, walk out and find the TV off and the radio on. There were many other incidents that occurred but it was like whatever it was constantly wanted to remind me it was there. I had childhood friends that said they saw something poking its face out from behind the end room door, otherwise one was poked hard or their hair was pulled during hide and seek. I told my mother about these things and she told me I was just imaging it. When we were moving back to the old house, I started carrying a box or two to the house after school. It was like 5 pm and I was walking when it felt like something was trying to follow me. I kept looking back and nothing was there. I went into the house and put the box into the living room. It felt like someone was in there with me, when this random burnt CD, my sister used to make CD playlists in the early 2000s lol, rolled out from under a table. I decided to roll it back. The CD rolled out again but this time I felt the urge to run, it was like having the energy of someone standing there angrily screaming at you and threatening to hit you yet you couldn't see or hear the person. It felt like I was about to be attacked. I ran back to the other house. Years later my mother admitted to seeing some grey thing lurking around my bedroom door when she came home one morning, like it was peeking at me through a gap in the door then quickly disappeared. Because it scared her she pretended not to see it and didn't tell me. 
She would also try blame me for the closet door thing so she could rationalize it and not feel scared. When we moved back to our house, I used to sleep with the door open. Then out of like nowhere the door would start swinging. Once I heard a thump and found a random hunk of wood had been thrown at the door. I also had a bunk bed and I would sometimes see something climb up the ladder then the bed would shake, as if someone above was having a seizure. There were times in the night I was too scared to open my eyes because it felt like something scary was going to be staring at me if I looked. Then suddenly it stopped. Years later I decided to do some detective work and asked the owners if someone once died in that house, they said no. I also talked to the owner's son, he's a little bit younger than me and we went to school together. I remember him telling me he felt like he got shoved one day in the house and back when we had those big box TVs with the glass screens, he could see the reflection of this angry man in a green shirt despite no one else being in the living room with him. It also wasn't the first time I heard of the green shirt man turning up in one of the houses they owned, two incidents of two separate people seeing something like this angry man in a green shirt just in the house somewhere. Where I do wonder if it's something the father slash owner did and it's like a curse or something they messed with. Back in the day the father and his brother used to do some vile and gangster wannabe stuff back in the 80s and 90s later they bought up properties, ran local businesses, had families, and pretended nothing happened. It's been about a year since my husband and I had an encounter with this tall mysterious creature, but I haven't been able to let it go since it's been plaguing my dreams and keeping me from being outside at night. So I thought I'd share it here in hopes that anyone might have similar stories or encounters. It was the middle of winter, and everything was powdered in white. Life had gotten quite slow so my husband and I decided to take our two small children to his parents' house to enjoy a date night together. My in-laws only live four blocks away from us on the very bottom of a mountain in Utah County, so it wasn't a far drive. It was around four in the evening when we left our kids with my in-laws, and we had only planned to pick up some sushi and head back home. By the time we were done, and back at my in-laws, it was around 5.45 in the evening. The sun was shining brightly, but was about to make its way out for the night. We gathered up the kids, put their coats on and headed out to the car. My father-in-law and 19-year-old brother-in-law walked out with us to say goodbye to the kids. As we were buckling them into their seats, we heard this horrendous noise. It sounded like a woman crying, a child laughing, and a bird cawing all at once. My father-in-law looked at me and said, Are you hearing this? My husband said, Yes. You heard that, too? My brother-in-law mentioned he could hear it, too. I just stood there, silent, trying to dissect whatever this sound was and where it was coming from. And then I heard my father-in-law say, look on the mountain he was pointing up about 100 yards away. I quickly grabbed the glasses from the top of my head for a better look, and there it was. Something big and black was hunched over a bush. We stared and listened to its cry in silence. I'm getting my binoculars, said my father-in-law and he turned to run to the house. The unbearable sound stopped, and the creature slowly stood upright to look at us. It was a long, skinny, all-black creature that could have been eight to nine feet tall. The body of a man, but disproportionately skinny and long. His arms so long, that his would have passed his knees. He had no facial features. No nose, no eyes just darkness. We collectively stood in silence, staring at each other, and at the thing. About 15 seconds had passed and it began to quickly float up the mountain. I'm not talking float as in was so fast you couldn't see its legs. I'm talking literally floating up the mountain. My husband describes it was about 20 miles per hour in speed. It wasn't long before he had completely dissipated into the tip of the mountain. I will never forget that day and I have not seen one since. Hope to never see one ever again. This experience happened to me a year ago, I had a close family friend who passed away from cancer, 
and when he notified us that doctors told him that hospice was his best option at that stage in his battle with cancer, it was terrible news. Anyways knowing that he was at the end, we wanted to go be with him and say our goodbyes, but he didn't want us to see him because of what cancer did to him. He was a well-built guy who always went to the gym, and always cared about how he looked, I saw him early on during his fight with cancer and it was crazy how sunken in and thin his face started to look, and we were trying to convince him to let us see him, but before we could he passed away. I was hurt slash upset that I couldn't get to see him and say goodbye in person, but a couple of days later after the funeral I had a dream we were in the gym with him and he had his usual gym attire with a white tank top lol and he was back to his former self and it was so great seeing him. I remember him telling me in the dream that he was sorry that we didn't get to see each other one last time, and I woke up with a feeling of closure. I've been taking prescribed amitriptyline, 100 milligrams, for about two months now for my chronic insomnia. It's the only medication so far that has worked for me and I've never had issues with it before. However, yesterday I also went to the dentist and had to get cavity filling for the first time in my life. The numbing went away by evening and I took my Allegra and Amitriptyline around 11pm as usual. Usually the Amitriptyline makes me feel a bit sleepy after an hour, but last night a strong wave of tiredness hit me instead. I was already laying in bed in the dark at the time, but tried to keep my eyes open and stay awake for another 10 minutes because I was talking to someone job the phone. I started seeing a weird darker mass a few feet in front of me. It seemed to be constantly rippling but kept a human shape. I tried blinking and looking around my room to make sure I wasn't imagining things, but I kept seeing it in the same spot. I texted my sister that I think I'm hallucinating and she opened my door to check on me, she suggested the dental numbing mixed with my medication caused it. Our cat also walked in before she closed the door and left. The cat is black so I didn't notice until I felt something hit the side of my bed. I turned my phone light on and saw her, but instead of immediately jumping on my bed to sleep with me as she normally would do, she kept sitting on the floor and staring at me. I got up and let her out of my room again and decided to just close my eyes right away and sleep it all off. I looked more into side effects of amitriptyline but found that people who hallucinate from it see spiders, feel like they are in a dream or have vivid dreams, and, more commonly, have auditory hallucinations. Could seeing that shadowy human mass be a spirit or am I just hallucinating from my medication? My apartment is beyond haunted and I mean the whole building not one unit. Everyone has had some type of activity it seems to be picking up. Background on the building itself. The building was built in the early 1800 and was an old family home and the family all died for whatever sickness going around I got mixed results some say hay fever others say scarlet fever. It was a family of five and the last two pass was an infant found my by someone taking care of the land then the house sat empty for years until the early 1900s the next bit of information I found it was turned into a motel between 1900 to 1940s, a lot of deaths happened in that time between drug overdoses and self-harm. Shortly in the 50s it was renovated as summer units and then passed back and forth between families. Between 06 to 2013 two deaths happened on natural and the other no so natural. Then my landlord brought it between 13 to 14 and owned it since. My neighbor has had voices shadows appear and she can't enter her one room at night without panicking. My end neighbor always has something going on, his door opening things being moved his glass door being messed with. Now my apartment. I have had the most activity. It started about a year after moving in. It started without cupboards opening in their own and our kitchen chair being moved to the center of the kitchen. My husband and I ignored it and didn't feed into it. Then we started having issues with the doors not wanting to be opened it felt like someone was holding the door from the other side or them just locking themselves. I reached out to my grandmother who has dealt with some much experiences in her life hoping she would give advice and she told me to claim my apartment and smudge it. And I did. 
It helped until my daughter was two turning three years old and the activity picked up again, whispering footsteps and constant movement, and my daughter started talking to the man with the hat. She was phased and so I just dealt with it yet again. Everything calmed down for a year almost two and here we are. But now the man with the hat has made himself known to me. Peeking around corners and coughing in my ear I feel him standing over me in bed, and him sitting on my bed. I'm always telling him to leaving me alone or pay rent, just trying to deal with this, and he seems to like hanging around. No one is actually scared or nervous or even uncomfortable. It's startling sometimes but it's normal. I just want to know why all of sudden does he want to be seen and present all the time? Years ago, around the age of 10, I was spending my summer on my grandparents' tobacco farm. There were many places I enjoyed exploring, one was a small cave, it wasn't anything too grand, just your typical rocks, squirrels prowling around in it, weeds, etc. About a week into my stay, I went back to explore the cave some more, and to my surprise, I found this lovely little white flower, it had like teal-like diamond shapes in it with purple tips on the end. It was sitting on the largest rock in the cave. I picked it up and it had the most wonderful smell, even to this day nothing smelled even remotely as fragrant as this flower. But where did it come from? Who left it? My grandparents' farm was very remote, and I didn't see any of their friends visiting. As I was looking at this flower it simply fell to ash in my hand. I'm not even sure you could call it ash it just evaporated in my hand being sad I lost my treasure I stood up looking around hoping I didn't accidentally destroy someone's flower I got up and picked another flower, a morning glory I think and put it in the place. Over time, I started to receive more of these flowers I originally got, laying on the large rock, the morning glory would be replaced with them but after smelling that wonderful fragrance, they would turn to ash. So it went on like this for a month, me and whoever this gifter was exchanging flowers. Sometimes I could feel something watching me and a sense of joy would come over me. Eventually I left to return home, in time my grandparents passed and the farm sold. But from time to time I can smell that fragrance of that odd flower. Even as an adult now it still brings me a sense of comfort. But who was this flower gifter? A ghost? Was it just my 10-year-old imagining the whole thing? I don't know, but if it was real I hope they enjoyed the morning glories. When I was younger, I used to perform in community theater plays and musicals a lot. I went on to get a degree in acting and am now working as a professional stage actor, but I got my start in little community theaters in my hometown. One of the last shows that I was in before moving away for college was Monty Python Spamalot, it's essentially the movie Monty Python and the Holy Grail turned into a stage musical. I loved being in this show, it was hilarious and audiences loved us every night. On the closing night of the show, we were performing one of the big dance numbers in the second act. This number involved several members of the cast, myself included, running down from the stage and into the aisles in the audience to do a little bit of fun audience interaction. When I got to my mark in the aisle, I locked eyes with a man just a few rows away from where I was, maybe two or three seats in from the aisle. The auditorium was dark and I never would have expected this in my wildest dreams, so it took me a few moments to even register. This man was my grandfather who had passed away four years prior to this. No. It wasn't someone who looked like him. Unless he had a secret identical twin, this was my grandfather, and there are no two ways around it. He made eye contact back at me, gave me a thumbs up, and I stumbled back to the stage as I forgot my choreography due to what I just saw. I made a mental note of where he was sitting and looked back at that seat during the next scene of the show. Sure enough, by then, he was no longer there. The seat was empty. I checked multiple more times throughout the rest of the show wondering if the seat was just empty due to someone getting up to use the restroom, but no. It remained empty. I even went so far as to ask the box office manager after the performance, who confirmed that nobody had purchased that seat for that performance. <laughs> 
I-25F have always remembered these experiences from my childhood as the most confusing slash scary times growing up. My brother is three years younger than me and this all started happening when he was around four or five. We can call my brother B. B as a child had health problems and needed a lot of different surgeries he was in and out of the hospital often. The way my mom will retell this is that this all started with my brother having horrendous night terrors, so bad that he would sit upright in bed with a blood-curdling scream, thrashing his arms and legs. When B would wake up he would have no recollection of his dream, but as time went on B started to talk to someone at night and his toy fire trucks would start to light up with the siren going off. My mom would wake up in the morning and the clocks would all be set to 2.15 am. In our house we had a storage room under the stairs. The storage room was right next to B and I's playroom, B would always say that John and his mom lived in that storage room and he would go knock on the door and say hi John's mom can John come and play with me and sister? I never thought anything of it being a child and my parents telling me B had an imaginary friend. B would want us to set us an extra plate for John at the dinner table, buckle him into the car etc and would freak out completely if my parents didn't comply. We had weird things going on in the house, my baby dolls would go off non-stop to the point my mom took the batteries out and shoved the dolls in the bottom of the toy box and one in specific still went off even without the batteries. We also had this motion sensor Big Bird plushie that constantly went off when nobody was in the room and the toy would be turned off. This went on for at least a year. My mom has said the breaking point was my brother crying in the kitchen saying him and John got in a fight with B saying I told John we can't be friends anymore because I have bones and he doesn't. That same night I woke up to a woman calling my name and standing at the side of my bed. When I rolled over and opened my eyes she immediately asked me where's John. I didn't reply, she seemed to get upset and asked again where's John? I again didn't reply and was so scared. I rolled over and closed my eyes. When I rolled back over she was gone. So I booked it into my parents' room, my mom let me sleep in their bed for the night. The next night I remember my mom talking to a priest and another strange man. My mom has since told me the priest was to bless the house and the other man was a medium to help John and his mom cross over. The medium was able to tell my mom that John and his mom passed away in a house fire which has always messed with me because the main toy that went off was B's fire truck, I mean it was set off every night. Was John trying to tell us something? And attached to be the last time he had surgery. After the blessing and encounter with the medium John and his mom were never encountered again. I hope they found their way to the light.